What's poppin'? And welcome to Popcorn, your stop for all things pop, where we talk about all things pop culture from here in the Philippines to the rest of the globe. So, the voice may be a little bit different today, guys, and that's because I am taking over today's podcast. Um, I may not be Miss Marvel, but I am Miss Likes to Talk a Lot About Marvel. I'm Paul Molina, and I'll be taking mm. over today for Cholos and Yaren. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about um, Black Widow and Loki today. But of course, I am very, very lucky to be joined by all of my amazing co-hosts today. Of course, Cholo is still here. We wouldn't have the podcast without him. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Cholo. I'm just a variant right now. <laughs> Co-host variant, not the yeah. host variant. <laughs> um, but thanks, Paula, and everyone for being here. Um, yeah, we're always so excited to have a Marvel episode. And joining yeah. us, Paula, are... Yeah, so we have Cell with us again today. Yes. Oh, uh, we have Ferns coming back as well. Hello. Hello. Do check represent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> our, our verified um, Twitter personality is here today. Uh, we also have Dren. Oh, that's me. Hi. Mysterious. <laughs> And Richard is coming back as well after quite some time. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> the Rock! <laughs> yeah. And a special guest coming all the way from LA. It is 7 a.m. where he is. Thank you so much, RJ, for joining us today. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Slight connection, Las Vegas. Oh, 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 oh. I see, I see. I'm so sorry. Okay, <laughs> same, that was same, time zone. same time zone. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, all right. From all right. LA to LV, real quick. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how's everybody doing? Um, it's it's early where RJ is. It's pretty late where we are. Guys, alive, the man after like your respective work. Days. Have we ever so, been alive? That's true. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. In any case, um, so with all of the Marvel stuff happening now, you know, we went a whole year without any Marvel content, and now it's like we're getting it nonstop. It's like one after the other are you guys getting tired of it already oh, or do you kind of still feel that high at no, all nope 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 <laughs> maybe just a bit but dude I'm, I'm gonna keep watching I'm not, I'm not gonna stop not gonna stop <laughs> not you gonna guys stop. from doing <laughs> parang ano it's been yeah. parang compared to like the Arrowverse which has become so tiring after a while the MCU has found ways to like become fresh enough for you to want to keep watching so mm-hmm. That's true. It's, it's that there's they put something in it's diversity. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. All hell all hail Kevin Feige. Like he just <laughs> I don't know. I'm so in awe of that man. <laughs> but that's good. I mean it's nice that um even with all of the content, there's still as much excitement for all of these Marvel things as there was like b- you know, before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um so Let's discuss a little bit about like the two characters, the main characters that we'll be talking about on today's show, Loki and Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow. Um, so since their introductions in the MCU, respectively, in the first Thor film and um, Iron Man 2, um, how have you guys felt about these characters? Did you like them from the get-go or was there like a little bit of a setback from you guys? What do you guys think? Oh, I can go first. <laughs> I can go first. <laughs> so I've been a Natasha Romanoff fan like ever since. Like she's always been just this cool, like 
femme fatale for me that those kinds of characters have always been like interesting to me as like a fan of Charlie's Angels and all of these like spy films growing up Natasha Romanoff has always been like cool and Loki there's something about Tom Hiddleston because it's not necessarily the character eh? I think it's it's really Tom Hiddleston that really like locked me in because if I were just to look at Loki as a character at the start of the franchise the Marvel franchise he just was just like this annoying like self-centered narcissist little brother <laughs> um, who was like super insecure of Thor with like with good reason but it just didn't seem like the kind of written character that I would be rooting for the way that I root for Loki today so it was very nice to see like how his character developed over the MCU films and the same with Natasha although with her I've always just been like a huge fan Yeah, I feel like a lot of it has to come down with how Scarlett Johansson and Tom Hiddleston specifically managed to portray the characters. Yeah. It's more like with Hiddleston, it's more of, you know Loki's going to be the guy who eventually has to do all of these big villain monologues like, I am a god, you dull creature, and I will not be bullied by so on and so forth. <laughs> and then it's the specific charm of him being able to deliver it in like a snide yet like sort of really charismatic um way and with widow i feel like scar giants have finally like there's a dryness her charm's more dry deadpan but also like i guess that's where i find the appeal for both loki and widow is how those two actors specifically deliver it aside from that um yeah i i don't necessarily have like the strongest connections to either Loki or Widow, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that I think they're really good and there's obviously part of the cornerstones of the MCU. So there's that. Ako, what I can say is that I feel like Marvel did, re- did a really great job uh, sprinkling in all the foundations before giving them their own shows. Like mm. even with um, Wanda and uh, Bucky and Sam, parang they were always there, that, and we always rooted for them. But now that they have their own things, parang it just adds on to whatever love we have for them, and really getting deeper into their psyche and what they came from and what their motivations are, kinda gives us more to love in a sense. So, I mean, for Loki, we've definitely love an anti-hero type. I mean, parang there's always that spot. For everyone, and you know, very iconic. Na the, the parang the dynamic between the brothers, Silanitor, has always been there. So, parang you can't not. I mean, you're right, Paula. You really can't. It's also because of the delivery. You really can't not love him, even though he does questionable things. And then Natasha's the same. Parang eventually, she became like the family, the mother of the Avengers, in a sense. Na parang you'd you'd always wanna want you'd always you'd always wonder where did that come from and then seeing it in the movie, I guess we'll talk more about that later. It all makes sense and it deserves to have she deserves to have her own movie once and for all. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask yeah, like why do you think like these two in particular made such a big impact to the fan base that they now have their own like individual highlights a show and like a movie respectively like 
it, it's kind of wild to think that these characters are really just like background characters or like supporting characters in the comics and now they're um and they have their own stuff and they have like a huge fan base that like supports them I really think like at least for Loki it's because of what Tom Hiddleston did with, with it really it really was because of Tom Hiddleston like I grew to like Loki even more as time went past mm. like especially Ragnarok onwards like oh like I really loved his character and say what you want about like the first Thor movies <laughs> it Tom Hiddleston did Loki pretty well like oh yeah well and so like for a time like until we met say Ultron and you know, Killmonger we would say Loki was our favorite Marvel villain and that's that's a testament to how good an actor uh, Tom Hiddleston is and for for Natasha you have to give her credit na until like uh, well Pepper had action in Iron Man 3 but until uh, Wanda showed up in Ultron it was just uh, no, Natasha who was the female hero and she was what a lot of girls looked up to in for for a super at least in Marvel and MCU and voila it's it just why did it take so long for her to get credit <laughs> yeah and, but at least we do get to see just how really good Scarlett Johansson is and the way that they As fellow Asians <laughs> <laughs> but the way that the, how they finally treated Black Widow's character the hero the, the character of Black Widow the cool Natasha Romanoff is in the Avengers family is it feels right and I really like what uh, how ScarJo went about it I feel like to add to the Loki point it's also because you know we all can't be Thors in our lives and having a loki to parang you know being the we're all we're not always perfect and that poster child so having parang the dynamic na, na loki is like the le, lesser but like a different the misfit the different yeah the misfit uh person parang you'd you'd hold on to that character even if they're flawed na parang you know and we only got to see more of thor's like mga hinanakit niya eventually pa, eh, di ba? I mean, the first few movies weren't really all too compelling, at least for Thor's character. But Loki, yun nga, parang the, the seeds have been planted ever since the beginning. I think to add to what Sholda said, um, I think both characters are very redemption art sort of characters in the sense that um, Natasha's done a lot of not great things in her past and what she's doing now serves as a way to like make amends for that and I think most of us really like um, that kind of plot line really resonates with a lot of people and um, I think I really definitely agree with um, ev- what everyone said that the actors were really a big part you can tell how much they love the character then and that's why they pushed for them to have more like have an individual like show or movie about them which is really great and I have to say, Ren, like, yes, as a Tom Hiddleston fan, I love how he used his, like, theater background yeah. in, in doing the whole Loki thing. I mean, like, honestly, guilty pleasure is watching him do, like, Shakespearean monologues oh, yeah. reading Tolstoy. I'm engineering, but yeah. And I really love how he brought that into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I don't think, like, the character would be as popular as he is now if he didn't have, like, Tom Hiddleston's, like, crazy amount of charm. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Like I just want to add that like one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of the first Avengers movie is Loki and Natasha's interaction. Oh, yeah. Like that was 
I mean, Joss Whedon doesn't do a very good job of Natasha moving forward in Age of Ultron, but that particular scene, I think, was really what set the tone with this character moving forward. And I don't know, it's it was just like a showcase of both how amazing these two actors were doing this particular scene. True. And parang more on the Loki side, I guess that's what, for me, uh, personally, that's what's most interesting about the Loki show. In parang every time you talk, uh, every time he talks, it's like watching a chess battle all the time. So I always try to pay attention every time when Loki talks. Because, you know, like at least all throughout the show, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns with the way he parang treats people with his intentions, his motivations. You know? it, it, it's fun to see that uh, all throughout them. Pero looking back na, uh, to add to Paula's point, uh, you watch Marvel Legends, the show. Ang ganda yeah. nung Black Widow episode about um, like her journey leading up to the movie. Really, really great stuff. And you'll see that scene that she was talking about, uh, Loki and Black Widow. And ang ganda nga, like you never really think about it until now that you like say it again and think back and look at the journey from 10 years or 11 years ago. It's been it's been quite a journey. And I mean, there was a point that we all thought like their journeys as characters would be at an end when they both like died in Infinity War and in Endgame. Like what they did died? you guys feel? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> But like what did you guys feel when when those two deaths happened? Like they occurred in like two different movies, but I think they were both like a really big impact on the MCU went. <laughs> Parang at that point kasi may announcements na about the TV show and the movie. In Infinity War? Pa- Parang may, nope. ano, may rumors. Na. It was between them. Between yeah. Infinity After Infinity War before in game. But yeah. even with that, ako personally, like when I saw, well, for, like Loki's death was the one that hit me harder. Yeah, Because, know. you know, picking up from <laughs> Ragnarok, Literally everybody died. <laughs> Not everybody now, but you get what I mean. And then majority in Infinity of the War, yeah. When Infinity War opened, more of them, all of them, literally all of them died. Na. And yeah. then after seeing Parang Loki die right there, uh, and saving and that, his brother at that. Yeah, yeah, saving his brother. I think yeah. that was like an ultimate redemption arc for him then. And and wala lang. Uh, like even. If we were expecting their TV shows, it, it still hit hard because you know again we all love Tom Hiddleston as the character, and we all saw his struggle, naman being parang, uh, you know like his struggle between being evil and like being good, and and I thought that, uh, uh, ayun, parang him sacrificing himself in that very last minute because it was very touching and it was very like made me love him all the more. I mean, as you can see now, like when in the show. When Loki saw that specific sacrifice, he did. You know, he was thinking himself. You know, maybe maybe I am a good guy. Maybe you know, mm-hmm. there is something in there's a, uh, something. Uh, there was a lot more to me than than what I thought initially. And, yeah. yeah, especially since it came at the opening one of the. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's it. Anyone to die at like that first <laughs> first few minutes of Infinity War. Like, And see Loki of all people, the right? oh. Wow, yeah. impact. Yes. Crazy and considering Parang it's not about the death, it's more about more about the act that he did. Yeah, because you know, he died. That's why the death didn't really. Yeah. I, I didn't like like we know that he was going to have a show eventually, but it was just the act of him sacrificing himself that the, the harder. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, everybody knows how I felt about Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a trip for me as a person who was like out of everybody in the original six, Natasha Romanoff was like the last person I thought they were going to kill off because there's so much you could do with this character, and they hadn't done anything with her like very significant as of yet. So, so when that whole battle of like Vormir happened, sobrang ang sakit because I also wanted. Clint not to die, but if I were to choose between the two of them, I would want to save Natasha. Oh, um, that's true. I was I remember watching that scene, and then I was thinking like, oh my gosh, one of them has to die. And in my head, like, do I want it to be Hawkeye? Do I want it to be Natasha? But I couldn't like decide. <laughs> like one of them has to die. Hanggang <laughs> ngayon, like when I watch Endgame, I still fast forward that scene because I just I can't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. can't watch her fall to her death. You know. Well, yeah, El, anything else before we like get down and dirty and like <laughs> the I will just reiterate for the nth time. It's just so sad that Black Widow wasn't in that uh, money shot at end Ay, naho, yeah. endgame final battle. Parang no why. <laughs> <Yun lang. laughs> the first like theme. Or at superhero. least no callback then to I don't know if I'm preempting the Black Widow discussion, but I As much as I, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if I would agree na, like, Hawkeye deserved it more naman. But then the thing is, like, when Natasha died and the whole reasoning behind it was that Hawkeye had a family to go back oh, yeah. to, I thought that was really narratively strange because she was built up as the person who kept the Avengers as a family together. And then you would, you would choose a life over her because he has a family to go back to. I was like, yeah. parang that doesn't make any sense. So ayun. other than my personal feelings, I'm like, why would you kill off this character? Like what Paula said, you haven't done much with. I felt mm-hmm. like it narratively felt really flat to me also. Mm-hmm. There's nothing behind mm-hmm. it. I would understand it more if like Natasha did it because she didn't want her friend to die. As in like, kahit ganun lang yeah, sa base level, that would have been more like acceptable to me than like Natasha being less deserving to live because she didn't have like a biological family of her own or like children and, and stuff. And it like felt that. we felt like a weird continuation from that whole thing in Ultron that she couldn't have children. I know. So, let's <laughs> something I would never oh, ever. No. Oh no! That whole like Bruce, the, the fact that she was like comparing herself to the Hulk as a monster because she couldn't have children. <laughs> what? Ridiculous. But anyway, let, let's gloss over no. Ultron no. because I hated what they did with the character there. Uh, moving away from from the Ultron. Moving. <laughs> uh, I I I think I'm the only one uh, like here that I was was actually tired of the Marvel stuff. I thought it was really quiet, and you guys were like, "Yeah, I was still super excited." Because I was like, I, I wasn't excited <laughs> because well, I guess that's a good thing, you know, because yep. uh, I'll just you know. Um, be the devil's advocate i guess yeah, but yeah, yeah. i think um when it comes to the mcu um sorry you're gonna chime in so everything so i'll just try to condense it's okay uh, what i was going to say but i think that the 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 reason why they're so beloved those two characters is because i feel like from the there was like this expectation in the beginning and i feel like in the beginning it was it was always like okay mcu like has this thing where they kind of give all their side stories you know a little bit of love And for the longest time, these two never got any love, and it yeah. like slowly built up over the years. Where eventually it got to the point, like, okay, what the hell? <laughs> this is like this, this is getting ridiculous. Na, kaya si Rudy mas maganda yung backstory kaya, di ba? Parang 
no offense to Rhodey, but it's just like, bro, like, like why are the why why does it seem like M- the MCU doesn't like these characters? That's honestly what it felt like to me at one point, um, and it was really frustrating uh, because like they're played by these two really really. The Marvel does a really good job. I think Cell said something along the lines of like the casting is real always really good in the MCU, and I think they do a really good job because of not only making sure that the characters are um you know appropriate like they look like their their counterparts but they're like nice people like yeah. the, the the avengers family is really really like tight um and i feel like it really showed on screen how like good, you know how much they loved each other and, and everything so it was really frustrating seeing these two like really really brilliant actors you know watching tom hiddleston go and do like this academy award like level <laughs> performance and then he goes back to like the mcu where he's just like you know mr monologue and it's like why does it feel like you know you could be doing more um, so yeah, it's really frustrating. But uh, uh, on the on the note of like their development as characters, I think it was it was really jarring in Infinity War to see Loki die. Uh, spoilers, but <laughs> if you haven't seen it, like go outside of your room. Yeah, I, touch some grass. Exactly, touch some grass. Uh, that's what the kids say, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like the the thing about the the Loki death, I think that really bothered me was that I feel like. Um, it was so I feel like they were supposed to summarize like his entire character development in like this singular thing where it's like see he's not selfish that was like that, that was like it is just like see he's like nice to his brother and in my head like that's not really what I felt like what his character was about <laughs> like to, to, to kind of simplify his character into something that's just like he's selfish is really like unfair and I'll get more into it in the Loki series. Why I actually felt kind of disappointed in the Loki series by the end, uh, because I feel like they they went away from what I wish they did again. Um, and it was kind of the same with with Black Widow. So I feel like I'm gonna be disagreeing with you guys a lot because if you guys really, if you, I mean, if, if you if for the people here that really really enjoyed like the Loki series and the Black Widow film, I didn't. So yeah, it, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting to see everybody fight Dren later on. <laughs> I know. I'm just like <laughs> I leave the all. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Sharpening knives. Good question then. What was the last Marvel film that you liked? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I liked Endgame. I sorry, I say that with like such a like I like Endgame. No, 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 but... I know, I know. Because <laughs> like, I get that there are some people because who don't like the Marvel yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I understand yeah. that. Like yeah. the way it's made, the way they do their yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. So Baka, you're just generally not into Baka That's Marvel. That's true. Stuff. Yeah, no, Which I think. Like, yeah. I think I do look for different things, you know, and in movies. Yeah, Dren is a DC I, fan. No, no, it's true. I am a DC fan, but that's like completely. I know this up. Sorry, to the DC <laughs> fans out there, but uh, I, I think I, I do look for different things. You know, Marvel provides something different, and I appreciate them. I think they're all really good movies. I just not recognize that they're not really for me. And mm-hmm. I guess the last one that I really, really like that I said like, oh, I really enjoyed it, and. Um, I think I've talked about this a little bit. Like after the movie, I legit like argued with a friend of mine, and we fought like outside the theater because it was civil war, and I was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I team, remember the what was I I was yeah. team Iron Man and he was team Captain America, and we like argued for like thirty minutes. Like we almost got into a screaming match outside of the cinema, and that's why I like the movie so much. So I think that was the last one I can say that I really really liked. All so, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Richard's face. <laughs> no, no, because no, I get what he means. Because yeah, like personally, like. Generally, I, I I'm not like the biggest fans of Marvel movies anymore, but whenever I watch Marvel stuff, I always have to get my brain in like. That's what they're. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Like mind space. Really about, is, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is a Marvel movie. It's not an Oscar film. It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're not going for. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it's like dumb yeah. that people look for those elements of like yeah, yeah. award-winning film. And they say movie. that it's like a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just not your kind of movie. It's yeah, very it's different. Because a lot of people have like black and white. Yeah, it's like, and they, they I don't this, like movies. I feel like, yeah, exactly. There's also like this perception, I think, that like, if I don't like it, it's a bad movie, which is very different from I don't like it. And I think people need to recognize more often uh, yeah. it's very possible to not like something and for it to still be good. Yeah, I don't like it. It's also confirmed. Yeah. It's also conversely possible to like a movie, but also acknowledge that but it's, it's not a bad movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What guilty pleasures are. Yeah. 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 Right? Okay, but yeah, like, Look, and, that, and that was Dren, the origin. <laughs> I know. Story. I'll be back later after everyone like <laughs> after everyone gushes over it. I'll come in at the end like, well, just <laughs> work out for a bit and then. Exactly. Like, oh, <laughs> if you hear me huffing and puffing, I'll just mute myself. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like the MCU has always been like a huge like source of debate of like film lovers everywhere, and it's funny because. Regardless of what you say about the MCU, it has made like a really huge impact on pop culture and like on the way that people consume their media. Like it's really a cool thing that you can have this series with so many like elements in it and everybody just understands because everybody's watched everything. It's like just part of society nowadays. And we went like two years without a film. So this Black Widow was like the first MCU film to come out in like two years. It was supposed to happen May of like 2020, but uh, Miss Corona had to <laughs> put an end to it all. But um, did you guys, were you guys like very hyped when the Black Widow movie was announced? Is it something that you guys were really like planning to catch or it was just one of those films that parang, eh, I can see it some other time, especially since it wasn't like playing within the immediate timeline then of the MCU films. I wasn't gonna rush into it. But I knew I was gonna watch it eventually. I would watch it. I would have watched it in the cinemas. But it's not like Endgame now. Okay, I have to watch it opening yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. But I knew na I like Black Widow enough. I like this MCU enough. I know. But I can give this enough time. Like I'll wait for a free time for me to watch it. And then and I, I'll have a good time watching. But yeah, that's how I felt about it then. And that's how I felt about it when it finally came out. <laughs> a Marvel movie is a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. It's a Marvel movie. It's another episode in their, you know, huge, in their huge season, like, you know, their huge phase. You get what I mean? But I feel like no matter what happens, people will watch these things. Because, you know, you miss out on one thing. Future movies, you won't understand certain context, certain backstories and all that. So, you know, personally, I, I, I would never not miss a Marvel thing because, because you know, uh, just just as long you're updated with like the stories you know you'll better appreciate the continuity and then you know how they're crafting like the whole like the whole universe and that's that's something also that I really appreciate for Marvel doing and it's something I don't want to miss out on you know seeing how they they how they uh, build certain yeah. things up yeah so, yeah it's an event like somebody I remember a friend describing to me like a Marvel movie is always like an event that you look forward to and that you you have to be a part of or else like hindi ka na, you won't be able to join in like um, culture pop culture discussions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Go ahead, RJ. No, I was gonna say like I had similar reactions. It was 
with Widow getting her own, her own movie specifically, I had some reaction of it's. I'm gonna have to watch it eventually. I wasn't like mega hyped for it, but I acknowledge that. Okay, I was gonna watch it eventually. I was gonna have a good time, mainly because of the fact that I feel like I have sold my soul to this company since two since 1995. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> um, so that's the thing. It's not just like the MCU. It's more like Marvel in general. So I felt like. I got to go there eventually because it was going to be part of the conversation I was going to have with a lot of people. Like, yeah. why the re- exact reason why I woke up at 6 a.m. to record a podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's basically how it is. I feel like it was my obligation <laughs> to watch it and then <laughs> drive myself insane by doing the Pepe Selvia thing where everyone's, where they have the corkboard full of all the documents and it looks like a, a conspiracy theory. That's pretty much me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I feel whenever like I watch <laughs> an MCU anything, just connecting all of the dots. It's Mephisto. Just kidding. <laughs> Everything is Mephisto. No, no. And Loki, <laughs> especially before the finales. <laughs> oh, Very, we will uh, get to that. We will get yeah, to. Yeah, we will that. get to that. Um, uh, yeah. What do you call this? I mean, it was really long overdue. Even back in 2019, 2020, so even more long overdue now that yeah. it came out in 2021. So definitely, it was exciting to see that she was gonna have her own movie because naunah pa si Captain Marvel. Uh, no right. So parang I mean I guess I kind of understand the rollout because they needed Captain Marvel to be a thing leading into um Endgame, so they couldn't have not shown her in a sense I don't know so parang I, it's just like a weird thing in terms of release rollout I guess exactly exactly like why why release her after her character dies um, in Endgame like why couldn't you release this like right after Captain Marvel or before Captain Marvel because they all kind of like continue on to this one pathway anyway like it's so weird that you're releasing a movie that's between Civil War and Infinity War after Endgame. After Endgame, right? Which has always just been weird. And Natasha ha- was like their first female superhero, as Burns mentioned earlier. So it was just very strange to me that they were taking so they were taking their sweet time with making this film for her. But I mean, I'm happy that it's there, and that's probably why. I think I was like the most hyped out of everybody in this group. I think it's very clear that I was like the most hyped for this Black Widow movie precisely because it was like long overdue and because it was nice to see the evolution of Natasha's character, you know, parting from the male gaze. That was the most important thing to me about Black Widow um, because every other movie that she's been in was directed by a man. So and it's very very clear in the shots um, um, that they would take of her versus here in Black Widow and I, I, it's weird that I'm this is how I'm starting out this conversation but it was very very important for me to see these elements in this film it was very respectful of how they treated all of the female characters in this film there weren't so many like suggestive like body shots the girls were always like with their hair up which is so important like you guys don't understand like how hassle it up, is yeah everybody right? was always had their all, uh, all you know hair, hair compared up. to Iron Man 2 where she was always just just doing that's Loki but Loki's hair is like way shorter than Natasha yeah. so more manageable 
but like the girls were wearing like combat boots you know not like these heeled things that Natasha was like running around in and all these other films so these things that admittedly like Wonder Woman had elements of as well but it was just really nice to see Natasha Romanoff be respected in in that sense of like in a filmmaking sense because her character has already like been disrespected by like men and the whole like misogyny keme 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 uh, and to add insult to it, like, her character was being dealt that same disrespect in in the films so i was just happy to see a little bit less of that male gaze um in this in this film I throw that to the other woman in the room. <laughs> yes, because I don't I think like the men would like yeah. appreciate it. Then that same. Would it be her- horrible if like all the men just started talking at this point? Sorry, <laughs> <go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with Paula because the male gaze I think is one of the biggest problems of any male-dominated space like the MCU. So it was good to find to have someone to yeah break out of that. Exactly, I think Paula really. Um, expressed it really well that she really broke out of that kind of mold that the MCU has set for her. Like, and also it was very timely with the content of the film since it talked a lot about the issues of human trafficking, especially young girls being used by a guy for his own agenda. Mm-hmm. So I think it was really, it was it was a good film for her to break out of that whole male gaze issue that she's been like plagued with over the years. Although I think, and I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I was kind of hoping the film would be darker to really delve into Richard the issues of that movie. same comedy. Yeah, yeah. But again, okay. you know, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. I mean, Marvel, I know why it turned Marvel, out like this. Mind space. Yeah. I know why they had to do it this way, but I think it would have been really interesting if they delved into how dark and how abusive the, the experience of the Red Room really was. Because um, I get that the the main point of the narrative here was to destroy like her source of trauma and the source of trauma of like multiple girls across the world but then I feel like it kind of glossed over the fact of how horrible it how horrible the traumatic effect on Natasha, Yelena and the other girls are by the Red Room so I kind of I I mean that that was for me like that's why I think I was just okay with the film I kind of hope it really delved into that more I agree but yeah I get it it's the Disney censorship yeah I mean, if you want more of that, like, deep trauma and, like, anger, re- the comics are, yeah. are amazing, like, source materials for that. Um, the Black Widow comics. And I feel like, ano, kasi, at the point that they're releasing the backstory, it's also balancing the setup now of Yelena as the next yeah. in line. Yeah. So, yeah. parang, it's kind of pointless, at least in the chronological aspect, to dive into Natasha further yeah. Yeah. at the same... Yeah. So, parang, in this sense, there's like two leads talaga in the movie na in Black Widow because it's both the past and the future. And like, medyo, at least movie, looking at the future, I think they didn't really want to touch on that na because she, you know she dies anyway. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. So parang, I guess maybe we might see that in you know, perspective. Um, once we do see more of her in the MCU, maybe she'll have her own show. We don't know. So, baka doon nila i-explore. Uh, but yeah, parang, I kind of get that. Parang, where was that Natasha backstory we've all been teased about since forever? Yeah. I mean, you can't reference Budapest so much in like this MCU series and only have it like as mentions in this in this show, the right? In this film, rather. 
yeah, I was also like equally disappointed at the lack of depth that they took with Natasha's backstory because as someone who's an avid fan of the comics, grabe talaga siya. The trauma runs deep. Um, but at the same time, I did really enjoy this whole like funny James Jason Bourne type of <laughs> type of movie because it made it so palatable for everybody and I think that's what that's what the Disney censorship is. Eh? So it it's bad in a lot of respects, but I think in the sense of like making it a whole like good time for the whole family it works it works yeah. it works like my, it's a double edged sword yeah like i don't think my mom would like the film if it was like as dark as it it could have been so may mga ganung like allowances that i guess we have to makes you think how they're going to approach the r rated deadpool 3 eventually oh they can't mess that you up you think that's r rated it has to well, be well that's it what they said at least initially Honestly, they're going to They'll do exactly the same thing. Yeah, I don't think they'll give a new spin to it. Exactly. Except you know, I give think, new characters. New, yeah, it's it's the characters. I think that's probably the that's probably the thing that like made it made the negotiation so long because I really think they fought for it to be like you can't change it. Yeah, that's the whole point. But they kind of did it, although it's not canon anymore. I think they kind of did it with you know Daredevil, mm. uh, Jessica ah. Jones, mm-hmm. two shows which I really love. No. True. Imagine if it turns out the Deadpool show gets at, like hit with an even worse R rating. <laughs> it ends up being worse than the other two. Like an NC-17 film now. Yeah. <laughs> But ayun, I like maybe maybe we'll get an Yelena treatment. Sana, I'm hoping. But Yelena, I did not expect to like as much as I did. The way that they did her in, in the film. You mean yeah. Florence Pugh? <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> okay. Well, okay. I don't. I'll admit. I I never really liked Florence Pugh. I never got her hype. But like Yelena as a character in the comics, she wasn't this funny. So like making her this way, natuwa naman ako to see. Um, so it it is mostly the Florence Pugh aspect. Though. Okay, I'm not. It's not gonna lie. She was funnier than I expected her to be, and just just great. I'm meant to see. But what do you guys yeah. think of like all of the other characters? Because there were like a bunch of like really. Oh, I love David Harbour. I love him so much. Patron saint of Russian orphan. I love this. <laughs> Super enjoy. Actually, the whole family. Parang ang ganda ng dynamic. Even in the beginning, seeing the fake American family life. We're all going on an adventure. <laughs> I can't believe that they didn't have time to like let the kids put on their shoes. Like, ganun pa talaga. Bilis yung mga ganaps na hindi man lang makasuot yung mga bata. But yeah, David Harbour was great. Um, Rachel Weisz is always a good... I always love seeing her on screen anyway. Um, but I think the most important character that people like got to see here was like Taskmaster. Aside from Yelena, of course. Ayan si RJ. Yung paghinga ni RJ. You can feel the frustration. Go ahead, RJ. RJ has a lot of feelings. Are we actually going to talk about Taskmaster this time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I've actually calmed down a lot since my initial reaction to what ended up happening with Taskmaster. And I might as well um, out it already, just in case any of you haven't watched it, listeners. But I'm actually fine with what she ended up being as. Like, I think my only gripe was that 
you gave her the identity of someone who I was really excited to see in the com- from how you translate them from how they were in the comics and virtually every other media to the movies. It's more like um, why am I blanking out on the other example that they used in the MCU? You Mandarin the Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah. That way. that's what they. That's what we want. It 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 was Mandarin. It was. No, the other, I have the other example before Mandarin. You X-Men Origins Deadpooled him. Okay, that's worse. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Oh, no. Wor- it's, Deadpool is still worse. I'd say, like, Taskmaster is between Deadpool and Mandarin in that regard. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but, uh, I get it. But, yeah, I, I feel like you were able to craft this character that, in a lot of ways, was meant to be a dark reflection of who Black Widow was. Like, if she ended up being... If she could have very well ended up being like Taskmaster in that she could have been used to be this weapon that would have just been there to serve the wishes of the Drakoff. one powerful guy. Yeah, Drakoff. And that could have been her in another lifetime, but because she ended up meeting all these other people, realizing that I had more to give than just being someone who kills for a living. Yeah. Um, I feel like you were able to establish that um, dynamic between who Widow is, who Widow would have been, and who Widow is now, especially since we're, like, her movies taking place after, canonically speaking, it's taking place how many movies in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, after Civil War, where she's more of a we really have more insight into her identity. We're, she's more, she's a fully realized character in our eyes because we already know all this stuff about her. Yeah. Um, so in that regard, Taskmaster does work. It's just that, again, not a huge fan that you had to use the name and the character and all of that to tell a story just because I was really excited for what he was able to bring. I'll, I will say though, I actually like how he fight, how she fights in this movie, just because the way that they establish her um, identity through the fight scenes, where like every, almost other mo- almost every other movie she does is a reference to how all the other Avengers used to fight. Like you yeah. see how when she fights Red Guardian, she does the knife flip that Captain yeah. America uses in Winter Soldier, and then. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when they fight, like two thirds near the end of *With Away in Winter Soldier*, he does that, and he also ends up using a, like a lot of the similar moves Black Panther yeah. used against yeah. Hawkeye in the Civil War fight. So I think, like, as far, as a as far as developing those callbacks to other movies through the fight scenes, Taskmaster worked perfectly. But yeah, like I think that's all I have to say on what happened. Um, I do hope. I, I, I actually wait one last thing. I do hope that because she doesn't die at the end of the movie, I still feel like there's still a, a bit more time for you to be able to develop her into being someone who could follow that mold like, as to what mm-hmm. he is in the comics as being this yeah. mercenary, like I probably like a more heroic one because given changes in the backstory but you have more of that freedom to go like delve more into her yeah. as a character down the line if it turns out that gets, that's going to be something that you would want to explore yeah um 
but yeah, uh, I think that's it about Taskmaster. I ended up. It's funny because I thought I had. I, I thought I was gonna be a lot angrier about this one. This one. So <laughs> I was like, I woke up at five o'clock. I'm. I'm not. I, I don't think I have enough energy to be angry about, about Taskmaster. So yeah. Um. Overall, like. Yeah. Everybody else. Um. I'd like to uh, follow RJ because I think I'm on the other side in the sense that like I have, you know, I'm a big fan of the the comics, but I don't really like care about them in the sense that I kind of treat them as two different things. Mm. I don't really mind that, you know, the MCU changes stuff and then everything because I'm not, even though I was a fan and I've read the comics growing up, I, I don't really have the same uh, attachment to them for whatever reason. Um, maybe it's because, um, I don't know, like in my head, yeah, I've always treated the films as like a separate entity and I never really expected them to take anything but inspiration from the comics. I really like um, Taskmaster because I think she represented a lot of what I wished the Black movie was. Black, Black movie, Black Widow movie was. Because, like, I've always wished that the MCU would get more into the darker side of their heroes. Um, maybe that's also why I'm a bigger fan of, like, DC. Not a bigger fan, but I'm more sympathetic towards the DC movies. Uh, again, they suck, but they... <laughs> They don't, they're not afraid to talk about the darker side of their heroes, I think, a lot of the times, to like a terrifyingly, like, it's like too much darkness on that, on that end. But I think, as a, like, there's this moment in the, in the Black Widow film where they talk about um, that, the same similar thing that they talked about in Age of Ultron, where, you know, they had a hysterectomy um, done on all of their uh, widows. And that's always, something that stood out to me as like, they tried to talk about it in Age of Ultron, but they didn't really talk about it. And it's like one of the most graphically, like you can imagine it. Like there's a name for the operation that happened. You know, when you talk about Bruce Banner, he got in, you know, radioactive, like gamma, gamma rays into his body, transformed into the Hulk. It's not really like a human thing. Same thing with Tony Stark, like the shrapnel on his chest. You can't really like think about it, but with them, you know, there's like, it's an operation. Like this happens to women and it happens to women all around the world and, and sometimes, you know, against their will. And it's this really interesting, um, I, I think it could be a really interesting thing for them to talk about. Uh, like what, 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 what you guys talked about, Paula and Sal, where it was like, why didn't we talk about this more? Why is it that the one scene that you guys talked about it, it was them kind of joking around with David Harbour's character and they're, when they're piloting the, 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 the plane. And I get that you know, it's censored because it needs to be family friendly and stuff. But I think you know, Black Widow is so perfect to talk about like a lot of the, the, the darker side of the heroes. Like they tried to do it with Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. Or it's like, you know, these people have been through a lot and they're human. That's kind yeah. of like the idea behind a lot of the heroes is that they rise above like the difficulties that they have. But what I wish that they would talk about more is that trauma doesn't really work that way for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's not just something that disappears. It's not something you yeah. get over. It's not something that you can go back to and confront very easily and then just kind of grow from it. A lot of the times, you know, trauma is damaging. It doesn't help people. It makes you a worse person. And it's, and it, you, you know, fall into a spiral where it's like you start blaming yourself for not being like a strong enough person to overcome your trauma. Um, and, but it's not your fault. You know, your trauma isn't your fault. Um, and, you know, fortunately, you know, that's why our heroes are heroes, but I wish that we would humanize them more and turn them more into people. And that's why I really like the Taskmaster character, because she um, was that was that yeah, exactly trauma that and, never moved on. Yeah. Exactly. And she her, like literally all of even like her her physical attributes, how she's such a good fighter and stuff isn't from her. She didn't choose to become that. Right. 
like she didn't want she didn't train super hard and overcome her trauma like no her trauma literally took over her entire life right and i wish that they talked about that more and explored it more but like rj said she's not you know she's not dead hopefully she comes back and with all the other widows you know because there was that other character i'm not sure if she was given a name but the the widow that you know has a sort of connection with taskmaster i really hope that they go back to her and talk about it more because there's so much to talk about there that I really feel like they just kind of skirt around all the time. But, you know, I think because my frustration comes from feeling like Disney always assumes that kids won't get it. You know, I feel mm. like it's always the children that they're worried about. Like, you know, hey, you know, kids won't know like what you're talking about. Like there's a way to talk about a lot of movies recently in the past few years have proven that you can talk about these things in a way that kids can understand. But you don't downplay how important it is you know like you, you want to talk about like consent or depression these heavy topics that for whatever reason over the years we've been conditioned to think that children won't understand they do they do Com- kids can have really complex emotions and complex thoughts maybe they can't articulate it as well as we can because they're you know not as old as us uh and they haven't had the experience you know the vo- literally just the vocabulary but i think like it's kind of messed up to assume that kids won't get it because it's these kids that will experience these things growing up. So when are we going to teach them? Are we going to teach them after they experience these things? Are we going to teach them after they experience the trauma? Or are we going to teach them beforehand? And Marvel is literally the biggest franchise on the mm. planet. And they're not going to do that? And that's why, like, again, I think the Black Widow movie is a great movie. It's really fun. I think the action is amazing. But they, they gave up another opportunity because I feel like yeah. they're scared. And I hate it. Because... They can be the ones to afford to make the mistake. Oh, no, we didn't make $100 million on our movie. Boo-hoo. Like, too bad. It's fine. I think, I think we'll live with it, Marvel. I think we'll, we'll, we're not going to, you know, I, I, I don't think we're going to have, like, a financial crisis on our hands just because you guys didn't try. Um, so, yeah, that's why I really, you know, in, in some ways I like the Black Widow movie because they touched on it. But it's, I guess... The word that the 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 feeling that I have is frustration. It's not that I dislike the film, and it's not like I, I dislike any of the characters or the story. It's that I have this frustration because I feel like it could be more, and that's that's that. That's all I have to say about that. Just funny as a woman that you didn't appreciate that, because the whole hysterectomy discussion was one of my favorite parts of the film. <laughs> as a woman, it was one of my favorite parts of the film because I find it. Like it was funny to, to you know, hear, but then it's still the visual afterwards that kind of haunts you. I don't mm-hmm. think that takes away from like um, how serious that thing was. It was very serious. The way that yeah. Yelena was discussing it, deadpan, was very serious. You know, it was just the fallopian tubes. I think to me was the joke. Everything yeah. else was like super serious to her because it, she was conditioned to think that this is normal. This is what happens mm-hmm. to everybody I know. And I like that it had me thinking about it after the film, talking mm. about it with my brother. And then we would discuss that scene and he, he was the one who brought up like, that's so visual. It's so visual the way that they talked about it, that it scared him. Mm. So I understand, like I definitely understand where you're coming from, but I think yeah. like the other side of how that writing went and how it makes like, think about it guys. Like I don't know if as guys like you, thought about it as visually as I did but I know my reproductive organs yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just hearing them saying that they were just chopping it off that, yeah, yeah. that's terrifying mm-hmm. to me I um, think it's a matter of context also of where you're coming from because yeah. for parang I get what you mean also Paula na parang 
uh, just a, I guess, a more casual example is like how I, parang for me, family and friends are mostly female. So like mm-hmm. when they talk about the red days, it's like some people would always apologize. Oh, sorry for sorry to talk about this. I'm like, it's fine. I get it. It's like it's nothing new to me. But for mm-hmm. some people. Parang talking about those days, <laughs> so it's so funny. I mean, talking about Sabihin those days, parang talking about uh, menstruation, parang it's also a different parang experience for different people because some people are mm-hmm. just so used to it, but some people are like uncomfortable hearing about it. So parang I guess there's that dynamic of how you're conditioned, yeah, I guess, exactly. or how you experience that within your circles. So parang, I guess, it's a matter of that. In terms of Dren's point, Paula's point, it's also how we get into that psyche, into understanding that female perspective. Yun. <laughs> but like, um, circling back lang din to my point kanina, I think that's what uh, inherent, it's becoming an issue. It's like, it's it's always ano na, thinking about the future of what can happen in the franchise rather than doing it Focusing on the film in itself, yeah. the actual film. Like it's always about building na the foundations for the next one rather than just um staying in the current movie. For example, yung Taskmaster medyo na bitin ako na parang I was expecting kind of more from the Taskmaster yeah. um um character. But yun na nga parang and the Yelena thing kanina that I mentioned, I think that uh that uh parang that factors in na parang you know some things that you could put in parang you hold back because you're holding it back for the next thing that you're pe- you're going to make people wait for parang yun yung that's my take on these taskmaster things also but definitely exciting to see more on that Sorry, can I mean, I just say uh Uh, thank you, Paula, for for letting me know. I'll definitely like go back and watch it again and try to, um, you know, uh, appreciate it from that uh, point of view. I guess hindi ko lang talaga nagets, but thank you for letting me know. I understand. Yeah, to me, because it was just like very clearly written by a woman. Yeah. That dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So kaya ko rin siya na gusto. Mm-hmm. But in any case, that was like oh, <laughs> a very like deep dive into hysterectomies. <laughs> into the red. <laughs> into the red days. Into the red. Room. Into the red days. <laughs> into the thick of it. <laughs> But yeah, um, there's just so many things yeah, about like the MCU films that all, will always be like a reference to other things that I think is both interesting and at the same time a little annoying. Um, like when the vest scene like came up when Yelena first like wore the vest, I was like both like Natasha, but at the same time it's like it doesn't. There's no need for it, really. Mm-hmm. I just like the fact that Yelena was talking about it again, like very clearly written by a woman that it has pockets. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys don't understand how important it is for women when their clothing has pockets. So it, it was just this whole like adorable sequence for me. And when did you guys realize that it was the vest that she was wearing in Infinity War? Or did it like not? When she gave it, that's when I realized. That's when, realized. Realized. Yeah. when she gave it, I was thinking to myself, I was thinking to myself, oh, wait a minute, she did wear a vest in Infinity War. <laughs> Not in Endgame though, but I know there was... Not in Endgame. No. Yeah, she wore it in Infinity War, which is cool. I've, yeah. I've always kind of questioned that green vest, but now that it has a backstory, I'm like, wow, my mind was blown. Like, 
questioning it in a fashion sense. Yeah, na parang I'm not really a fan of this green. Dude, she's outfit. a spike soldier. <laughs> he needs the pockets. He needs the pockets. But like Paula, I was super distracted by the pockets thing. Right? Because you, I don't think men will ever understand the frustration that when you bring a bag and then all your guy relatives or friends are like, oh, can you put it in the bag? And I'm like, the heck? Excuse so me, that's like why pockets, yeah, like bring your own bags, dudes. Or like, like pockets are very pocket. important to women. <laughs> they are. Or bring your own vest. Or bring wow. your own vest. <laughs> it will become a thing post-pandemic. Everyone Not gonna will be lie. like pocketed vests. Not gonna lie, I did end up searching Shopee for like a similar looking vest. <laughs> no, when you that's make... a merch potential there huh? they should Disney should you know capitalize on that. they should just have pockets on everything strike while the iron is hot exactly yeah, true pockets guys get your Black Widow action figure with pockets <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but you know it's it's those cues I think that are very important to me because it, it very clearly shows that it was a woman who wrote it so that's mm. always fun. It reminds me a little bit of like the Birds of Prey film. Yeah, there was exactly. A moment when, like hair tie. Like, see, during, uh, uh, Junis Moye's hair, yeah, was getting in her face and they were like, hair tie? And I was like, ah, I never really thought about that. So cool. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Yes, men. These are the struggles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you will never in my head, experience like, in this life. You guys don't have pockets? Like, so like the fact that men can fit like their whole ass wallets in yeah, their yeah, yeah. is like amazing to me. Whereas as a woman, like the pocket is like this deep. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like... Or it's a fake pocket. It's a fake pocket. I don't know why they yeah. enjoy making fake pockets. One time I bought a pair of pants that had a, a, a fake pockets and it was terrible. It was the worst. So, yeah. These are things that but if you, yeah. I appreciated in the film. <laughs> yeah. This is the pocket, a pocket appreciation. This is a pocket <laughs> appreciation discussion. Exactly. Shout out to all the pockets out there. Yeah, shout out to all of the brands that put pockets in their in their women's clothes. Hot pockets, joke. Shout out to Hot Pockets too. If you want to sponsor us, why not? I love Hot Pockets. But I think we can like end it by discussing the end credit scene. I mean, we've been talking about like how MCU films build up to the next big thing. What did you guys think um, of the of the end credits of this film? Thunderbolts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, what else could it be like? What, what else could it be? What, what else could Val be up to? Yeah, yeah, like ever since like she was introduced to us, uh, a Falcon, a uh, Winter Soldier. You know, I was reading articles that parang they're making a anti Avengers. I don't know when they're gonna show up, but that's something I'm very I'm looking forward to, and I'm pretty sure that in the end of Shang Chi. Val is going to be recruiting Abomination. Pretty sure of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm in 100%. all the movies, yeah, in all the movies and shows, they'll, they'll insert her somehow. And, and I'm looking forward to that. I can't imagine them being in like an Avengers movie, but I'm excited. Or maybe to see. the She Hulk show. Because mm-hmm. Abomination yeah, they could be in She Hulk also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then she could also be recruiting, see, what's her name? Titania. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's something I'm And, uh, I literally I screamed just, when Val yeah. appeared. Yeah, you know, like I was just waiting. Okay, there's an end credits. Where is this gonna go? The moment I saw Val, I was like, okay, Yelena's going to Disney Plus. She's going to Disney Plus. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm ha- she was already on Disney Plus. I'm happy about that, but like, okay, she's gonna she's a Disney Plus ex- exclusive now. Because like <laughs> 
as we, as we'll talk about later later Loki has expanded a lot like a lot for the MCU but now we get this part of the MCU like much more grounded this other side now it's not the big the big tiny thingy we have a US agent here now we have Yelena eventually we will get abomination and who knows who Val will get this will be another story another some stories that Marvel will tell and yep. it's just another flexing how much storylines they can handle which is I guess nice because we get to see more stuff we're gonna consume it anyway yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy that we get to see more of Florence Pugh I, I want to see more of what she does I don't really care na the motivation oh this is the guy who killed your sister I, I-, I don't really care about that I just wa- really want to see her more again and looking forward to Hawkeye true true interesting now that we were supposed to see Val here first yeah uh, that's yeah the- uh, I don't know what to think about, about that. Like, either way, it like, works. You I know, think it, was... it worked more because it was, you know, we, we, we saw her first in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's yeah. like a bit more insight on who her character is. Yeah. If, yeah. Imagine watching like Black Widow and then seeing her and being like, who the heck is this woman? Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. Which makes me think also, is this like a new insert of what the... Um, uh, after credit scene is, or was it really intended to be that after credit? I feel scene? like it. it, it I feel like it was intended already. It ended up. It's a callback to the Ross thing and see Tony Stark recruiting. Yeah. Ah right. Yeah. That's what I yeah. like about it. So like ah okay, you guys are self-aware. <laughs> it it was it was the unintended benefit that this ended up being delayed. <laughs> To the point where it yeah. actually yeah. makes more sense to see it this way than the other way around. True. True. Okay. Oh yeah, go Thunderbolts. Go Thunderbolts. Agatha Thunder Thunderbolts today. Thunderbolts. Thunder. Thunderbolts. Thunders. Okay, this is a pretty big episode because we're discussing like two major like Marvel events. Normally, they up only one. But let's get into why I think most of you are on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was like, can you go to Black with it? So I was like, mm, nah. uh, I'll think about it. And then she was then like, I... it's now a Loki episode. I was like, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Paula was like, let's just merge them. Because <laughs> I was like, do we have separate um, Do we have separate discussions as we usually do? Yeah. But like the timing of it, the parang almost the same time drop of both yeah. the finale and the, so it really was, like, was meant yeah. to just be like like to be individual though but again like scheduling conflicts as well made it so that parang let's just do it in one go as well one yeah. mega episode anyway. split this in part one and part two nah we're already here <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't... like cut it now and then I'm like are you gonna edit this I don't know how it works but yeah <laughs> I, think this is, I think this is fun it's late one two <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then Chola starts this podcast this time because it's okay. Welcome to no. part two, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, welcome back to the, the multiverse, I guess, now with yeah. with Loki. Um, just so What's much a multiverse like, I joke? <laughs> I didn't even know nga, like, which I should start with because technically, like, Loki happens like every witch um, era which you know um, event but I think that's cool um, it's another one of these like Marvel characters go to therapy situations that I think will be 
you know was was really fun to watch but let's start off with the TVA because that was what was very confusing to me when the trailers started um for Loki Ooh, one hour kaya natin to guys <laughs> but um i had no idea what the TVA was what did you guys think about this like doctor who bureaucracy slash citadel of ricks type of setup that they had with um the TVA i think off the bat it's really hard to get people into time traveling things if they mm. parang they're generally not into it or a bit more casual kasi parang uh, i mean Paula and Richard and I I guess are like Doctor Who fans so like we kind of used to it in a sense but bringing it into like a larger franchise like this kind of makes it a bit complicated so parang the first episode it's a gamble yeah but I'm gonna tell you the truth. I still don't 100% understand it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the truth. Exactly, and that's coming from ano na, a, parang a someone who yeah. has that background. So parang it, the episode one was really essential to kind of like build the groundwork for what was what is gonna become the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not just in TV on TV or whatever you want to call streaming at this point but also generally the whole thing right so parang yun that's just like the scary part about even in endgame diba the time heist in itself is inherently like how do you explain that how do you find loopholes into that parang all that wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff it's just really like really complicated to try and uh flesh out especially for a general audience so yun that's like my those were like my thoughts coming into it but generally exciting na parang oh time travel show and features Loki so parang exciting yun it's for me I mean I'd echo the same sentiments like my dad the first few episodes of Loki was just constantly asking what's happening and then yeah hindi ko naiintindihan and it's it's not because my dad like doesn't enjoy like you know marvel types of films he really does but it it is the time travel element that that really knocks everyone off their axis mm-hmm. it's it's hard it's a hard type of storyline to get right richard and i will argue day and night over before over what's that x-men movie days of future past like i don't think it's a very well-written time travel movie richard thinks it was a really good movie it was one of those things where time travel is tricky um and agree it was like a huge gamble for marvel to to get into it but i'd like to think like the end result kind of paid off into the possibilities again of what marvel could get that's into. true that's true although i don't expect everybody to understand it like even all i don't 100 percent understand it but uh, what what confuses you is what I want to know. Because the thing is, I understand that the Sega timeline is like one timeline, right? or maybe yeah. a few timelines that are kind of overlapping. But how are there so many variants if those guys never existed in the first place? Like the whole crocodile Loki had to be there, parang you know he had to be born, he had to grow up, and everything. How is he not? You get what I mean? Parang parang okay. he needed to have a whole life, a whole timeline. That would must mean even beforehand, the sacred timeline must be like multiple timelines. Like <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing that confused me. How there's yeah. so many variants, but I thought when the sacred timeline should just be one timeline, unless the one timeline is already multiple timelines on its own. 
Did that make sense? Like all these variants, how? Yeah. But where do they belong? The, the TV, unless the TV is really bad at their job, and they just let crocodile Loki grow up. Exactly, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Make any so sense. that's one thing I still don't have a hundred. You know, as like a. This is assuming that crocodile Loki was born as a crocodile, though. Exactly. Because <laughs> I true. thought Ayon. we thought of it as a spell. Yeah. Could you imagine, like he's a he's a crocodile and like Thor no, but and like everyone. Frog, we have yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Also, could be a spell. I don't know. It was one that's of those true. things that I. Was no, but what like, if in that universe, like Thor and Odin are just humans and. And they told Loki, "You're adopted." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess puede, puede. But again, we don't have like a hundred percent concrete answer on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I generally, ako, I don't hundred percent understand the rules, but it's there just in case we want to understand. That's and I true. feel like moving on, like the other movies, I feel like everybody will ask questions about this multiverse thing. But you know, we've had Fox for the longest time. We've had. You know, the Sony Spider-Man universes and all these other superhero movies that kind of overlap with the other universe, but they don't. So I feel like generally people will watch the films even if they start delving into timing, why me with new up and stuff. So you know, the, the Loki show is there if they want to understand it. But moving on, I feel like people don't just have to get the gist that there are multiple timelines. Like that's that's basically the basic thing you need to get out of this. Like that's. That's what I. Think. You know, it's I think, complicated I if you want to understand, but you know, beyond that, you don't really have to get into it. So, sorry, I think I was just gonna say that I think that they mask that whole issues with the idea of coming up with a whole new pseudoscience and how time travel works by putting it in the context of a bureaucracy. Yeah. You know how when you're like, okay, this is gonna sound so horrible, but you know when you encounter like so much red tape and so much paperwork, you know that nothing really makes sense anyway. Yeah. So I think it was a really weirdly smart move to put it in the context of like a very heavy red tape bureaucracy. And it also added like a very sinister undertone from the start. Yeah. So I think that I think for me that's how they were able to navigate the whole difficulty with time travel. Not saying that it answered all the questions because like Richard said, it doesn't really make sense if you like sit down and really think about it. But if you think like, oh, it's a it's like a government office where you don't know what the heck's happening, parang you as a viewer can kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Again, Marvel, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, Marvel logic, Marvel, the logic. Marvel mind space. <laughs> No, but yeah, that sinisterness that you mentioned, Sal, like it was very, very present in that first episode. Like the minute that Miss Minutes appeared, I was like, this, mm-hmm. this clock. The video <laughs> on that. that they were taking up. people, you know, against their will. That's <laughs> In and of itself was, was, yeah, that, that was scary. Was awesome. Yeah. The <laughs> Infinity Stones as well in the first Was it the first episode or the second? The one in the drawer. Yeah, the one in the drawer. The I mean, you know, bringing it back lang to Natasha for a second. Like, she died for paperweight. Like, that just that just did <laughs> oh. not sit well with me oh, for, for right. first I'm gonna, like, quite explode some time. When we talk about that, oh, man, I'm, I'm so angry. <laughs> How did that scene affect you? <laughs> I was curious. It was like, you know, so there's so many of these things, pala, just out there and. You know, these Avengers were risking their lives for things that this dude from All the they had place was a barrier, yeah. a paperweight. <laughs> they could get the paperweight. Yeah. I just feel like it undermines like... Oh, I'm sorry. Were, were you no, no, no. I mean, I was gonna make the same point. It undermines everything that they did in mm-hmm. Endgame. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, so Tony died for like five paperweights and Thanos yeah. is like just kind of this dude. Like... <laughs> 
With like a bunch of paperweights. Exactly. On it. It's so. It's so. Uh, <laughs> I wish they didn't make that joke. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. I feel like they could say that the stones don't have power in that world without saying that they're useless. It's very right? different, right? Like it, and it's so like frustrating to see um, Loki just kind of be dragged into this universe because it. it for me, because it like from a from a narrative standpoint, it feels like. M- Uh, Marvel can just Deus Ex their way out of anything. It's always just kind of like, okay, there's this thing that you never knew about, by the way, and this answers all of your questions, but there's no narrative context to it. <laughs> there was no like yeah. implication that they ever existed. But we're just gonna throw it in there because we have this entire universe to drop, which I understand. The mundane that like, okay, the implication is that yes, this entire world exists outside of the movies, and we're just exploring it little by little, um, and everything. It's just. Uh, if if you didn't know anything about the comics, and even you know, if you just remove that part, which I think, you know, to an extent, um, you should be allowed to do because they are movies and they should be able to stand on their own. It doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't. Another one. It doesn't make sense, but it just feels like cheating. I guess. Wow, you must have hated that finale then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did. He did. You must have hated that finale. Yeah, but I'll save that for when we get there. <laughs> but yeah, um, there's just. Loki was so interesting to me because it was Loki, and at the same time, it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. It was just toying with this, with this line that I didn't know how I felt about it. Like half of the time, to be quite honest, until like the last few episodes where I was like really getting into it. But it was interesting, and I. But if if anything, I loved how Loki interacted with Mobius, especially. I, I, you know, Owen Wilson is always just a joy to watch on in anything that he does. So, what did you guys think of like these these new characters that Loki had brought in? We'll talk about Sylvie like in, in more depth. Of I think it's interesting to put out. Na parang it's nice how Marvel was was were able to ano um. Parang recognize or respect their respective deaths, but still be able to make give them their own things. Like for example, Black Widow, na she's dead officially, but they were able to give her like a prequel that still made sense and made made you parang ano parang appreciate the standalone movie. And with Loki, it still respects that death in uh, Infinity War, but now here you you have a new Loki. But it's still kind of the same Loki who got to see the events of the old Loki that we know. So, parang ang ganda lang na they don't have to like re- resurrect them or like there's a. It's great that there's like a workaround in that sense. And now that the multiverse is open, I guess it makes it even easier to not just easily resurrect people just for the sake of it, but find more creative ways to do it. So yeah. No, yeah, I was afraid yeah, that Loki as a show would be just them resurrecting the character, which is like enough. Like this character had died and lived over and over again in the series, and I just really wanted him at one point to just stay dead. Um, but if this was interesting. I do still feel like it's cheating, though. It's it's my same feeling with um, Days of Future Past, where that ending was just cheating. Um, but, but yeah, would anybody else? On Mobius in particular, Sana. Oh, I like Mobius. I love Owen Wilson. <laughs> I was expecting I, him to like say, 
kachow or like wow. <laughs> My brother was really hoping he'd say kachow. Yeah. He said how. He said or how. like you talk about like how he was a car as a variant in some. Years. I would like to see the Mobius Lightning McQueen variant. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. That was wasted, yes, but yeah, they could have yeah. made it red. They could have added the ninety-three. They did not. <laughs> wasted opportunities. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But he was great. He was lovely, yeah, man. So I mean, good. he still he's played good. himself, the man. There's nothing. Yeah, you I know, have a friend who's serious that he's just different. a variant of Odo. Any different. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, yeah, he's a variant of real life Owen Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I'd believe it. Oh my god. Yeah. I'd believe oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd believe it. And he meets himself later, and he's like, "Wow." Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm like something they could do in the Deadpool movie because Deadpool movie did go across time, but in different timelines did in Deadpool too. Yeah, where he killed Ramirez, he could bump into Mobius and bring it to Wilson. I feel like cars variant as well. Yeah, they should have made the car that he drove in that last episode or last two episodes. Napara should have been red with like lightning elements. That would have just been a cool Easter egg. Yeah. I love this is like universal um, appreciation for, for cars. Owen Wilson. <laughs> uh, yeah. Season two ideas, Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I really like him too because he was all like the Vice really... Ganda variants, guys. <laughs> oh my this god! Is it. <laughs> 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 this is how it, how, this is how it happens. This is how it happens, talaga. <laughs> This is how all of the you, boy girl bakla tomboy characters. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're just very aggressively pushing this vice cinematic. I have no more, no more comment. I'm no longer affiliated with them, so you guys. Know what <laughs> uh, no, but anyway. I was gonna say that I really, really like the ones good. He was like a real person. <laughs> he kind of reacted to everything like. I mean, like as normal as normally as like you know a, a time traveling like super yeah. variant like hood who who's lived for eons and and stuff like because the way he re- he treats Loki he treats him like a normal guy which is one of the one of the things I really like about the series is that Loki's not a god he's just kind of a dude and they even talk about like oh he's like a head on this and he's like like a I don't know like polyamorous I guess and like he just kind of you know had these moments like really real moments. like he he was F Scott Fitzgerald right oh no that. He's the yeah. no the, the dude on the plane, the he was like yeah, 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 yeah. you're talking about Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like it's Tom Hiddleston playing you know, which, which variant are you talking about? Midnight in Paris, which is another <laughs> movie. Picture, I know. And Owen Wilson, Wilson was also in that movie. <laughs> 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 sorry, Cooper, completely, you're completely different movie. Uh, but yeah, no, like it it showed and like the the cameo of Sif, I thought was really fun oh, and yeah. cool. That was and, the like, best, I think. Like all of these like little like side characters and then and the people that they they meet and interact with and. And Loki just kind of has to deal with the fact that he's not all powerful. Like yeah. he he confronts that. Like episode one, palang he's like watching he sees himself him. die, which is so like. Could you imagine watching how how you were supposed to die, and now it's like, well, what am I supposed to do now? That was my destiny, and it's like, well, like what am I allowed to do? What what what's so interesting about his character too is like unlike the TV, the, everyone in the TV who kind of accepts that, like, okay, well, this is my reality now, instead of. Because he's brought into this world where it's like, okay, we exist outside of the main timeline, which means that I am truly free. Whereas everyone in the, everyone else in the TV isn't truly free, right? That's what makes him like the real variant is that he he comes with like a completely different mentality. And it, it's like, that's the entire basis of the series is that he's trying to prove that everything he's doing is because he wants to do it. 
and because he chooses to do it not because somebody else is making him do it or mm-hmm. because he has like trauma and stuff like that so it's so oh, it's more so, with Sylvie that's more yeah. of Sylvie's yeah. yeah yeah no yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah no I mean like the two of them Loki no, as in like the the character all of his variants like yeah. that's what they try to explore yeah. yeah it really is it was funny though like seeing him in the first few episodes and just yeah, the fact that he's just like a real guy when you're just really brought down by the bureaucracy. We all have made <laughs> yeah, the face that Loki's made while he was going through all of these yeah. parts of the TVA. It, it's like, it you gotta just, go get a ticket. Yeah, Dude, like, like, very strong guy. denial at Ooh. first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just kind of like accept that exactly. you're in this like mess. It's great. Um, Ravona was also a very interesting character mm-hmm. to see. I didn't really know where they were going yeah. to go with her. I still don't know where they're going to go with her mm-hmm. um but it hunter was b15 like, was cool also hunter b15 yeah, i love him hunter b15 yeah she's a great actress then so lovecraft oh it's, yeah, yeah. It's so good. horror movie the horror movie young this is our house yeah, yeah. Like refugee. that was like yeah, she's yeah. a great actor so uh kudos to marvel for recognizing talent and getting yeah, her. also like jonathan uh waiters later on uh amazing also from Lovecraft Country. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like I was thinking like, wait, wait, okay. D.B. Cooper, by the way, was who Loki yeah. was in that D.B. Cooper, sorry, not, not yeah. F. Scott Richard. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thank you. Like, and when I, the moment I said the name, I was like, that's not it. That's not it. Stop talking. <laughs> Which variant are you talking about? Exactly. I watched like a different series. I mean, we were talking about earlier how the Taskmaster was different in the Black Widow movie as it was in the comics. What did you guys think about the, I'm thinking Time Lord, that's not the right term <laughs> the uh, no 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 um the the ones behind cholo timekeepers 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 yeah i mean like differently portrayed and we'll get to kang in a bit he's a little bit like more in depth i think the persona but like those who read the comics and, and understood who the timekeepers were what did you guys think that they were just like robots I was uh, I was honestly not surprised. Yeah. Like with the moment when they showed up in episode four, I was like, okay, there's something more to it. Because I already I was I already I already fell into this thinking that this there's something up with this bureaucracy. There is something behind this. So the when they showed up in four, I was like, okay, there's something up, and I know there's a bigger story behind this. Mm-hmm. So I was not even when towards the end of that of episode four, when every all that was happening, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm I was I was I already assumed this, but how will this lead into like the bigger? How will the eventually to Kang? Like how will this lead to that? And so I wanted really to see how would how the show treat the bureaucracy like the this how they deal with the TVA now how how now okay there's a this Wizard of Oz is happening right right here now how would they deal with it so. Okay lang. I was fine with it because I was just really wait. I just I was just waiting to see who was the actual man behind the curtain. Yun lang ko. I felt like Sylvie in that moment though. Like, oh, well, it's all a lie. And I mean, it was exciting, but at the same time, it's a scam. Do, yeah, you do feel it's just... <laughs> Yes, RJ. You wasted your time. No, oh, I'm wait, but there. I feel I felt similarly. I I felt like the mystery was all just. Um, you were trying to build up who was literally behind them. I also felt similarly to you, like I felt similarly to Sylvie in that scene. Like, okay, 
this is kind of worthless, but also there might still be another mystery that you're keeping hidden, like there's probably like an ace up your sleeve. I also um, end up thinking, and this and like this was like a, a slip up on my end. I thought all this time they were the watchers. I, yeah. I they kept on saying the yeah. timekeepers. I thought I thought they were I thought they were the watchers. Like I thought this was gonna. I thought for like a brief moment this was gonna lead up to Watu. Uh, and I'm thinking, yeah. Uh, yeah. no, this wasn't going to lead up to him. I saw him in Guardians 2. <laughs> yeah. Understandable, though. Yeah, I think it was it, like an, an honest mistake. I would, I would have made that one as well. But aside from, aside from that, yeah, like I think the whole, the whole thing with Loki, I feel like, especially since in, with the later reveal that we are getting a second season, the whole thing with this being one of the first new Marvel series that's coming out on Disney+, Plus, and especially with this being the start of phase four, so to speak, is that this is all meant to ask, meant to get people to ask questions. We're not going to give you the answers just yet. That's gonna, those are going to come in like later on, yeah. two plus years down the line. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to give you questions because we want you to see, we want you to discuss what those potential answers are we're still keeping our like those cards close to our chest, but for now, like speculate, um, see what happens from there. We're just gonna keep on answering all these questions that right now you don't have any answers to, but we'll you'll get them eventually. We'll see what the payoff is gonna be like. Also, I just re- I just re- realized this the moment you guys started talking about bureaucracy. But did any of you guys ever realize that the beginning of Loki starts out? with him going through Thor's character arc in Thor Ragnarok. He ends up being put in another world, ends up being taken captive. His powers do not work. (laughs) The Miss Minutes um, video that he ends up watching is almost like the one video that he plays talking about how the Grandmaster's going to be like on Sakaar. And then it even ends with him watching somebody die, get disintegrated because they get poked by a stick. Oh, yeah. I, cool, though, that's cool, cool yeah. Pretty cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> it does I know, I, 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 it, it just clicked to me that, oh, wait, he's being hot-shotted through Ragnarok right this moment. <laughs> yeah, and okay, but Infinity War. I, like, I thought, generally, episode one, they had to fast-track his development so that we, you know, oh, we're updated with the Loki that we watched die in Infinity War. So a bit different, but, you know, he, he's aware of the history of, of it's a crash course. Yeah. This is your life. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. Ang galing nung parang ano meta pagka meta na. Oh, he was just watching the Marvel movies for himself. Yeah. <laughs> it is no weird. <laughs> There's so many like really good characters um, in the show. We mentioned briefly Hunter B15. Um, but I think, like, of course, we have to talk about Sylvie before we talk about, like, the last big character that this show introduced. Um, I didn't expect a female Loki. Like, I just want to say that off the bat. Like, that wasn't where I thought the show was going to be headed. But I thought it was a really interesting surprise, cool surprise. What do you guys think of Sylvie and how the character progressed in the show? Kissing was Parang ako, I like na... Uh, what did Richard say? Kiss scene. It said the kiss scene was weird. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That is like my biggest oh, no. I, I was 
we, 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 every, right. I was watching it with like a bunch of people and everyone was like, yeah, they finally did it. And I was just like, <laughs> like just angry. No, I don't like it. I thought it was going to be like fun sibling. Yeah, I hate, I hate it. Didn't it. Need, I hate it didn't it. need to be a, it didn't need to be a romance. It did not need it to be really a romance. Did. I hated it because... Although, I will say that it does end up fitting the character for how much of a narcissist he is. Yeah, that the yeah. only person he ends up falling yeah. in love with is himself. It is. Which yeah. movies did call out. But at the same time, like, I think Goofy is a narcissist. You could be a narcissist the man and just be like, buds with yourself. Exactly, right? Like, right? no, but my problem with that whole thing is that they imply that to love yourself means literally falling in love with yourself. And that's not true. You could love yourself by being best friends with yourself. That's right? completely... Yeah, it's so... I would so rather different. that message. Like, exactly. you accept your flaws and just be okay with it. You don't have exactly. to, like, marry yeah. yourself. Exactly. <laughs> like, what? Like, I, I really love the idea. With Sylvie, because I love the idea and uh, if you could meet yourself, wouldn't you hate yourself? And personally, like, I resonated with that a lot. I was like, yeah, I'd be pretty angry at myself. I, I wouldn't would. like myself at all. I would too. And I would like, you know, because I'd see all my flaws and that's like the first thing I would see is that I would see all my flaws. And I think from a psychological standpoint, I think it made a lot of sense because um, uh, after going to therapy a lot, I realized that I think most people, and myself included, like, it's just an automatic thing for a lot of people to see the flaws when you look in the mirror um, and to literally have yourself like exist outside of yourself to, 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 to be given to, to be forced to like work together with yourself. Like, would you be able to work together with yourself? Would you be able to like all of these questions are so interesting. And then they ruined it with a kiss. <laughs> it's yep. it the worst. Yep. So it was, it was awesome up until that point, <laughs> I think, because I just really didn't like how, how, yeah, he, he, he fell in love with himself. But I other was, than that, it was really cool, like thought experiment. I was still holding out hope, like before you know Loki got vanquished or vaporized or whatever in in that one episode, um, that he was just going to say like I I love you as like you know a sibling thing or at least through you I learned how to appreciate myself better. Any any sort of dialogue in that regard. But when when the kiss happened, it was just really very disappointing. <laughs> I think like and for. For these two characters, prune yeah. him, prune them. But as a character, Sylvie's like, oh, yeah. you know, you yeah. get to see Loki. Sylvie's a great character. Like a version of Loki who's like motivated, like very motivated, like on the edge all the time. You know, parang she feels like, uh, you know, parang, uh, you know, just wreaking havoc, like the most, po- you know, wreaking the most possible havoc you can on on something. You know, it's seeing it, it, it's fun seeing Loki like that. Like that that kind of situation and their chemistry is great i mean like ideally so, yeah. it wasn't like a romantic chemistry but like the <laughs> how these two ac- actors um interacted with each other i think was was well worth the watch mm-hmm. and she's very charming like, you know mm-hmm. very tam, like Tom, Tom yeah. which is what the loki should be i think all of the loki variants were charming in their own like specific yeah. ways which you have to be i think to be the god of mischief if I can add about the part about Sylvie is that Sylvie's the character that really like is, insists on autonomy mm-hmm. in a in a world that is mostly like insisting on controlling everyone, mm-hmm. right? She's the one who's always saying like, "No, this is my free choice," and that's also what influences Loki to be also insistent to also insist on his own autonomy. And what I found frustrating about the whole kiss scene and why it made me uncomfortable as well is that 
one of the ways that they were insisting on their own free will was the relationships they made with people, like Loki yeah. becoming friends with Mobius, and even like Ravona kind of had her own twisted thing with her telling um, telling Mobius that their friendship is like one in eons or something like that. Yeah. So it's like they're insisting on some kind of choice in a world that's already like been predetermined. So it was nice to see that it was like very platonic care that they often, but then it it also falls down that whole trope that like platonic always falls behind when it to like the romantic relationship, which is bullshit as we all know, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really frustrating to see that it had to go that way with Loki and Sylvie. And it was just really uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Like in general, oh, like when I was watching it, it was like, mm, can we fast forward? That's true, that's true. Yeah, Interesting man. that you brought up though, the control thing, because, I, you know, Loki in Avengers was very different. He, what was his famous line there? No, 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 no. Like in Avengers 1 where he said that everybody wants to be controlled. So, you know, uh, you have freedom this. is everybody life's biggest lie. Yeah, yeah. No, like in Avengers 1. Uh, yeah. yeah, freedom yeah, is like life's biggest like, lie. Um, oh, everybody wants to be subjected or whatever, whatever. Yeah. He feels like this is your nature. You were made to be yeah. ruled. There you go. That's interesting. So you have this, like, you have this situation where he doesn't feel comfortable already being in somebody's role. He and, would, and, I mean, because like that Loki would he would be the ruler. He he believes that everybody oh, yeah, else exactly. should be ruled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. interesting. That, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing that more. Yeah. And considering that, that that was just who he was like a few weeks prior. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. true. Yeah. He yeah. made that speech literally <laughs> a few weeks ago in, in their time. Yeah. So I, I want to ask, like, just because it's fun, who was your favorite, like, Loki? Oh, wait, can I say something classic before, before we get there? Ah, okay, go ahead. I Charlie. just really appreciated how they didn't really wait too long to reveal Sylvie because, parang, they could have gone that route, na parang, ah, yeah. you know, wait till how many episodes, but they literally revealed her and na right away, which I really yeah. like. Because, like, second ep palang, diba? Parang, yeah. it's just not like a mystery of the season. Nah, of course we know, which we'll talk about later. What the real big uh, mystery is or big reveal is. So, parang it's just nice how they did that and made her uh, her own character na right away, which is really nice. And we got to uh, like delve into her a lot exactly. longer. Yeah, that's true. So, given that, like, who is your favorite Loki variant? Oh, classic Loki. Classic Loki. Richard Grant. No, that like Richard E. Grant, or... not not classic Loki, just <laughs> no, Richard E. Grant. No, not classic Loki. Richard E. Grant, that's right. Richard E. Yeah, Grant. Richard E. Grant was amazing. Oh, yeah. oh, Stealer, what a yeah, man! And I felt so yeah. like I felt so many emotions when he. Like... and the fact that he made Asgard as yeah. Loki's drama. exactly, and it was such he a memorized it. Yeah, and it was such a. It was one of those things about um, it was so like self-empowering for Loki because it was like I think we're stronger that, that line he had I think we're a lot stronger than we think or whatever yeah, like yeah man <laughs> and yung you know parang I was reading it in Reddit I think parang he had all that time to remember yeah. Asgard, remember Asgard. Was, yeah. yeah so sobrang oh ouch <laughs> yeah. like in his last moments he yeah. was thinking of his home he was thinking of home. family yeah, yeah. Exactly. so his arc was amazing I loved I loved it too yeah. classic yeah. Loki was a short like mm-hmm loved character but like very well written yeah. I think yeah. Kid Loki I was, was badass too. sorry yeah. Yeah. Kid Loki you know, I was about to bring up Kid Loki I think he's my favorite variant mm. there's there's something about that kid he was the same guy in oh, 
God, what Netflix show is this? One of those like edgy teenage shows. But in any case, um, all of them. <laughs> all of them. The tall girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's his name? But in any case, like he has such a presence on screen, like in spite of just lang ano lang sila, de ba? Minutes that he was there, but I think he was my personal favorite. Yeah. That one line, the scene still line. What did you do? I killed Thor. Killed Thor. What? <laughs> oh, damn. What? Galing. Galing. Galing, galing, galing. I'm trying to look for the name of that actor. But then uh, I... Jack Veal? So It'll it come to me later. <laughs> that's what it says on the I, I IMDb of Loki. It. Yeah, that's it. That's what it says on the IMDb, Jack Veal. And he's from the end of the effing world. Yeah. Yeah. The end of the effing world. There we go. That's where I know that kid from. Well, I was about to say that when you're like, which edgy show was that? Like teenager edgy show. It's like this that one. <laughs> it's just so many. It's it's hard to keep up. But we've come to that character that I think everybody's been kind of dying to talk about. Um, he who remains in in yeah. Loki because he wasn't Kang the Conqueror yeah. just yet. Um, what did you guys think when that? I think everybody knew that it was happening, but like when it finally was revealed what were your guys thoughts on on that whole process ang ganda ng intro i would say <laughs> because we also parang the cast announcement has been made for ant-man and the wasp quantum mania yeah or kang but like you wouldn't really expect a, like this kind of and it was made recently lang. it wasn't exactly. like a long time ago exactly so parang to have this variant early on to plant that seed into the bigger picture and and it was kind of like a scene stealer also in a sense oh, yeah. you you would just like i know you just like pay attention to what he was saying the whole reveal and like it was really interesting to see and knowing parang uh, brief background of kan you you know what's going to come next pa and like you wouldn't want Sylvie to open the multiverse in a sense, although you do want to, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's really it's a nice way to introduce one of many that are to come. Uh, I have to be honest, nah, oh, go ahead. I was I still had like small doubts, like I know there were so many signs pointing, you know, the, it's Kang, has to be Kang, has to be Kang, but I was still holding out a little bit because. I was already disappointed by one division. I I I held, I held on too much to that. I held maybe I held on too much to how US uh, how uh, Walker was going to end up in in uh, in Falco and I was holding that. So I I didn't want to fall into the same role. So I was thinking I, I was thinking of all the possibilities. If it's not going to be Khan, will it just be he who he who remains? Will it just be a superior Loki? Will it be classic Loki again coming back? But the when I, moment that I saw it was Jonathan Majors, I was like, "Oh my God, they're actually doing it!" But the way that they he builds everything up, I was like, "Okay, they did." I think this is the great, uh, the right way to move forward. Like now, let's not show Kang right now, but how will you slowly feed the build up to him? Yeah, yeah. How will you slowly feed the breadcrumbs leading up to basically who's gonna who's Surprise! There's a bigger bad guy than Thanos. You guys never knew about it, but yeah. So, and Jonathan Majors just reveled in his performance. He just enjoyed it. He was sinister. He, he was, was terrifying. He was terrifying, but at the same time, he was charming, enjoyable to watch. <laughs> but I, you really, the camera spent so much time on him. Every time, like it was 
closing closing up and then backward. I was like, oh my gosh, they're he's milking, he's really milking it, and it really makes the viewers understand that this is a really this is actually not it's not just a big step for the show. This is a really big step for Marvel in general because this is where we're heading right now. There is a much much bigger world out there that, than we even realize beyond the universe we know. And then when Sylvie finally stabs him, uh, I, I, I was, a lot of people were saying, why did he, this move is just as bad as Star-Lord in Infinite. I was like, I don't care. Because of this, we get the multiverse. Yes. This, is, this is our opportunity now to see, possibly see Toby and Andrew again. This is our possibility, this is how Doc Ock and uh, uh, Electro. Electro will will come in. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, this might be how the Fantastic Four comes in. The X Men. The X Men. And, and yeah. hopefully you know, the X, even the X Men. So, yeah, I was happy na how the character of he who remains was you know, uh, treated. How he was treated lang in the finale, especially given uh, na, this is the last episode. How much time can we allot to him? So that's why I like na the build up na. Episode four was humongous. Episode five was humongous. Episode six, okay, it's not it's not exactly big, not exactly big, but it's a, g- a good amount of exposition. Uh, we're ending this show. There's more to come, not just in this, not just in MCU going forward, but also oh surprise, there's a season two. So, so makes me interested to see. Okay, what are you gonna do with the a season two, knowing that. Kang, the variant that he was talking about will be showing up in Quantumania. So, interested to see how Marvel will treat ano, the next, ano, especially since a lot of the ne- movies coming up deal with the multiverse uh, ano, uh, repercussions. Like Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Spidey. I guess yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah, Spider-Man. And I and saw then, like a night, yeah. ano, theory na that's why the Eternals are yeah exactly uh, that's why coming in because the multiverse has been opened and they have to step yeah. in imagine if Shang-Chi has a plot line about this <laughs> I, I think it'll imagine. reference I, I don't know we can't tell anymore to be quite honest it's more grounded it'll go with the with Val it'll go in, the, in that line of the story that's what yeah. I think and then it and then there's a brief shot in Shang-Chi where you see Aquafina talking to herself. Azraya, <laughs> <laughs> oh. the last dragon. <laughs> These are your alternate universe counterparts. I like how this is this is their like their next step is that you after Thanos, you ha- um the whole thing was that you had someone who could destroy the multi the entire universe by snapping his fingers. How do you escalate from that? By slowly drip feeding more of them, like a lot more of the ridiculous stuff that was in the comics that you didn't realize you could do up until now with this multiverse, uh, with the multiverse angle that they're going through. Because I'm like, as someone who's been reading them for a long time, I like how we're slowly being introduced to more of these characters that people don't really know of, but it, they end up leading to like all this um, more of the crazier elements of uh, the Marvel comics that could be that would make for really good like Disney Plus shows or movies, and especially yeah, because as you mentioned that this is going to lead to stuff like. Um, 
Spider-Man where we could end up possibly seeing almost every single, like the three major live action Spider-Man on screen for the first time. And that's going to be like a big thing for people who've been following um, Marvel or at the very least like Marvel movies since the early 2000s. I want to hear from Dren, who we know doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Just quietly sitting here. What are you talking about? I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Jonathan Majors. I just want to say that again. I think he's amazing. <laughs> he was amazing in Lovecraft Country, and he's amazing. And I, I thought like he was, he was good here. I just thought his accent was kind of strange because I feel like he couldn't decide whether or not to be British. But I don't know anything about Kang, so maybe he's just from like the future, and I don't know a bunch of accents like mixed together. I don't know because he's just such a good actor. I can't imagine that it was a mistake. And he did say in an interview that he improvised a bunch of a bunch of stuff at the end because they just kind of let him be weird and strange because he's like you know this amalgamation of like a thousand different personalities, which is really interesting. Um, I I think the reason why I didn't like you know fall head over heels with the ending was. Even though I knew who the character was, and you know the especially the people who I was watching with were all, you know, geeking out over it, I I couldn't help but but think to myself, nah, is this really the only direction that Marvel could think of to go, which is to go bigger? And it's like, yeah, of course you want like bigger spectacle. That's why like Endgame worked, and it's it's good to be ambitious and try to be um, constantly trying to one up yourself. But I think there are different ways to one up yourself, and I was just kind of hoping that they could go in a different direction like i really wish that it wasn't just like the the because they're kind of implying that i say like what we what me and paula mentioned before what we ranted about before that like the stuff of endgame was like oh that's kid stuff like oh that's not really like as big as it could get oh that or that didn't even really matter because <laughs> because this guy was the one that orchestrated all of it right that's what that's kind of what they're implying and it's like Ah, man, like, okay, cool. Let's say 10 years from now, you finish this arc. 20 years from now, you finish this arc. Where are you going to go, man? Like, it, this is, it has to stop somewhere. You, it end, like, yeah. it, you, you can go inward, is, is what I'm trying to say. So it's, it's cool. And of course, I'm as, as excited as everyone, as a fan of the comics, as a fan of like the, all of these franchises that are finally coming together. Fantastic Four, X-Men, all the Spider-Men. Like, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, it just... Kind of feels like now and uh, it's almost almost like they're pandering to the fans. Yeah. Like they're like, okay, people are gonna freak out because of this for sure. So let's do this. And in my head, like, I wish they would do something like, okay, you could say that that C Kang was like unexpected, but was he really that unexpected? I feel like like four episodes in, people were kind of guessing that it was going to be him, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. but they were feeding into that and they, they tended that and that's their whole thing is that at the end of each movie, at the end of each episode, they're going to hint at something else. Now everyone's talking about like the Dark Avengers. Thing, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's like, I wish you guys would do something unexpected, like throw us for a loop, you know? Try something that maybe won't work. Like stop trying to, do, stop doing stuff that will, that, that feels like it'll always work. And I know that's like, it's, it's it's like it's a it's a big ask uh, for a company you know that has so many people like relying on it and so many fans waiting for for these sorts of things and so many people working so hard on these things like years in advance. I'm not saying that they're not working hard and that they're taking the easy way. I I I wish that they would devote a little bit you know maybe a little bit of their budget or whatever to and a little bit of the time to something else. Just try something else. Just have something weird and different. And so Howard the Duck that guy was cool like he was, he was funny. I don't know, like it, 
I guess because na umay nga talaga ako sa Marvel na that all these feelings are coming out and I just worry that you know um, eventually everyone that will happen to everyone and I'd, I'd be worried that they wouldn't know what to do once people uh, figured it out but you know maybe I'm wrong and that's that's perfectly fine I'd love to be proven wrong and, and to just enjoy the ride and to be brought back into the, the Marvel world so yeah I guess parang this could be like our wrapping up question na about the future after this super major like Jonathan uh, what they call <laughs> like Jonathan major <laughs> uh, ano yun Catal- catalytic event is that how you call it Nexus event uh, Nexus. Yeah. Nexus event. <laughs> the Nexus event of all Nexus events but yeah to add to Dren well, I, I told Paula this the other week yata but uh, to add to what Dren is saying I feel like it's such a huge gamble na talaga um, in the bigger picture especially for casual fans because us we're geeks and we love to see this kind of uh, parang these kinds of developments into the worlds that we're kind of familiar with but like in the longer run, it's just gonna be like much more complicated and I hope that they're able to at least have people appreciate it in that level na sometimes it could maybe in a sense na the homework aspect of like, oh, I I should have watched all the six Disney shows and 20 plus mm-hmm. uh, movies to be able to catch up to this if you're not parang if you're just a beginner trying to get into this whole thing it's just that parang it's such a complex um, parang time travel is complex enough but a multiverse <laughs> might even be okay. more complex so mm-hmm. I, I feel like especially getting into quantum mania and Doctor Strange multiverse of madness and uh, Spider-Man parang how do you approach this in that sense na you still keep it, um, I guess. Accessible. Yeah. Then just having the whole idea of multiverses. So that's my take on this. Although it's super exciting. And my heart was beating so fast when Sylvie was about to, like, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the beginning of everything changing. <laughs> and the end of, you know, you realizing that Loki's in a completely different timeline now. Than oh, Loki. yeah. Who are you? It was great. I think it was great. But I think, like, to answer, not an answer, but like to Dren's point, maybe the fact that the multiverse exists is another way of them to like open up these different kinds of stories mm. as well. I think since we now know that there are so many timelines that could like come into play, you never know. What if? Yeah, what exactly. if? I think it's a possible, like, really great set of series to get into, yeah. especially after, as, since it's coming right after Loki. And you do now understand that multiverses are real so exciting yeah. yeah like the fact now that you have multiverses now there's a legit excuse for you to do anything you want like yep. like anything so like I'm sure anything. before they had a bunch of rule books and everything you know what I mean like yeah, this is what like you can't do. Yeah, this, this one dude you can go like you can go, you can go DCE <laughs> yeah you can do parang more emotional films more drama oriented stuff you know, and like, then chalk it up to it being in another. Yeah, another yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd, yeah. Be, I'd be okay with that. But I would lang na different, you know, different. Like the Joker, they, they, yeah. Marvel can do crap like that now. <laughs> I mean, they, did, they did. They did Logan. Everybody keeps forgetting how good yeah. Logan oh, was. Yeah, Logan. Dude, that just means we Logan. were just talking about Richard E. Grant here. <laughs> 
all right. Um, there's so much more we could discuss, but this is where we'll wrap up in terms of our discussions on Black Widow and Loki. Um, really, really interesting stuff. And we're all, I think, if not excited, like waiting to see what Marvel else has in store for, for everybody. AKA, um, three more movies and two more shows this year. Shows this year. <laughs> Let's do it. This year alone. Consume this year alone. the product. Yeah, this year alone. So we have oh, three movies and like two more shows. We can do two it. We can do it, guys. And Spider-Man. But it's this year? December. Yeah. This year, it's, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think Richard just got some really good news. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Pray we can go to theaters by then. Hopefully. My Hopefully. God. Fingers crossed. Oh wait, no. We if if we can, it won't be Spider-Man. It'll be the MMFF movies. Oh. No, Spider-Man's coming out for now, Christmas. Though? I don't but, think. Uh, Everybody was so happy when he brought like no. <laughs> All right. I mean, we got when Star Wars comes out. Usually, we get it for a few days before. Yeah, for a few yeah. days. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It. it better be there. I'm, I'm hoping that it's there when I go back home. Oh, you're going. Okay, cool. Yay. Hopefully. All right. So, um, of course, to end the show, we typically give our topics and recommendations for anything pop culture that we consume this week. Um, so I can go first. Um, we were talking about this before the show started, but. Ted Lasso. I just got into Ted Lasso and it's just so good. I can't believe like I'm so late to the party, but I'm glad I'm here anyway. If you're looking for like a quick, wholesome and like really well-written comedy, I definitely recommend Ted Lasso. Even if you're not into like football, it's just a fun, adorable watch. I also want to recommend like continuing on with like the geekiness of everything we've been talking about. um, Lego Masters. I also recently got into this. Uh, it's a reality competition where they build Legos. Like, what could be geekier than that? But it's so much fun. And like, as someone who can only create Legos with like instructions, it's great to see how much more like creative and inventive people can get with a set of bricks. Season two is, I think, on episode six now. So we have a few more episodes before the finale, and it's it's great. There's a hundred thousand dollars at stake, and Will Arnett is the host. How can you not love <laughs> love the show? And, and last, um, it's coming up palang at the end of the week, so this um, Friday, July 23rd. But the movies that made a season two is coming out. And that's always a fun watch. That, that type of documentary series for me is, is always great. Um, Cholo, you want to go next? Sure. So I have a couple. Uh, I'll start with the movie aspect. Um, the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix Ooh. is amazing. Oh, uh, I really wow. love the whole thing as a fan of horror and slashers and the way they approached it is like kind of parang a mix of modern making it modern but also paying tribute to all the classics because it's all um anggaling lang anggaling na it's the 1994 1978 and 1666 so parang to have slasher films set in and set in those times and paying tribute to movies that came before and that were also when I scream was 1994 it had like scream vibes and the other one had like more like um uh Friday the 13th 
and then yung 1666 is a completely different thing because it's like witchcraft and other stuff like that and to tie it on and to tie it all into one giant narrative but also be able to stand alone it's kind of like a slasher mcu na rl stein <laughs> and like having so many there's so it's the lore that they created and the fact that um they were able to turn the teen parang the teenage market the fear street series of rl stein into an r-rated slasher series uh movie series ang ganda lang and um if you're into those types of things um fear street is really great um yeah um and then in the music side of things i'll start with uh international i've been obsessed with sob rock by john mayer all weekend um. And um, it's just like feel good, feel sad all at the same time. <laughs> and uh, if you're into the 80s, um, 80s type or 80s inclined uh, in songs, um, it's really great. You're, if you're familiar with the uh, New Light and Carry Me Away, those are there. So parang the same vibe of songs and really great songs to like dance to and cry to at the same time if you want. <laughs> um, and OPM naman... Um, I think I'm not too sure if I mentioned this last time around, but um, the Itchy Worms came out with a short um, yeah. animated film for yeah. the song "The Life I Know," which is amazing. Um, pang pang pambato siya ng Pilipinas levels in terms of, I guess, having that kind of animation tied into your music, and um, just check it out. Really great story, um, and parang the people behind the video are actual animators who do Lego shows, like the short ser- short oh, Lego awesome. series and stuff like that. So check it out. Uh, the Life I Know by the Itchy Worms. And lastly, to shout out to my uh, one of my favorites, Fern. He came out with the song Kagandahan, his first Tagalog song. Super, super love. Um, might just be part of my all-time faves at this point. So those are my recommendations for this week. Marami for the first time. <laughs> Um, anyone else? Sel? Okay, um, I really, really love Fruits Basket. I've Yay! been watching the remake on Netflix. Um, I think the final season aired a um, few months back. It's so wholesome and warm. It feels like a hug when you watch it. I've cried like the last 10 episodes, I think. So that says a lot. Um, also, because we were talking about Black Widow earlier, um, I'm also a big fan right now of this manga called Spy X Family by Tatsuya Endo. Um, it's a manga, you know the start of Black Widow when um, like, they have a fake family and it's part of the whole spy mission? So the manga is about like the best spy in their country and his mi- for his mission he has to make a fake family. But he doesn't know that the daughter he adopted is actually a telepath and the person that he entered into a fake marriage with is actually an assassin. So it's like the three of them trying to navigate each other's secrets without really knowing it. And their telepath kid, like she lives for entertainment. She wants her spy dad and her assassin mom to stay together. And it's the most wholesome thing ever. And it's going to be adapted into an anime, I think, next year. So oh. it's a great time. Ooh. Please read it. I will link you guys if you want. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but with like a child involved. Yeah, and she's a telepath who lives okay. for entertainment. Like, she wants her parents to stay together just so she could see all the shenanigans that happen. <laughs> That's the life we want to live. Just watching just drama. Just being chismosa. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we wish we have telepathy? 
I do, yeah, definitely. Richard? Grabe lang, no? Like, Sub Rock was mentioned, Ted Lasso was mentioned, Fear <laughs> <laughs> Street was mentioned. <laughs> okay, uh, 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 I guess, well, the movie hasn't shown yet and I'm really excited for it. I guess uh, I'm gonna recommend that you guys wait for it na lang. Although I haven't seen it yet, it's a uh, Uh, Nicholas Cage's pig. Oh, it's the pig. I've hearing, yeah, I've been hearing a lot, oh. a lot of hybrid. Everybody like the you know the premise alone is really dumb. Where his pet pig was taken away and he wants to exact oh. revenge on the people who parang take John his Wick. Pig. It's so yeah, good. It, it's it's so like I, I hear it, uh, but it's not like action. You know, there's no gun for anything. Like it's a lot more internal yeah. and all that. And and I. Wala lang. It's it's something to look forward to because a lot of people have been hyping it up. Uh, Nicholas Cage deserves an Oscar for this. The story is really well written. Damn. The cinematography is amazing. So I'm excited. I think it's going to be streaming next next week. I think I'm not sure, but where? You know, where? Better watch out. That, I don't know that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, la, la, la. Been, I'm, 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 every day Actually, I'm checking. It goes from like about. it goes from like a John Wick premise in the beginning to like Ratatouille at the end. But you want? <laughs> <laughs> I don't don't ask. Yes, I have. I've seen it. Don't ask me. Don't ask me how it gets there, but it gets there really well. And it's. Well, so, I'm so jealous. It's so, it's so. I'll I'll I'll. I'll talk it's to a Wii TV exclusive. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's not man. streaming. It's not streaming as it, as per decider. It anyway. It might it's great. Be on Hulu. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like Dren is a witness here. Like, do you think Nicholas Cage? Deserves an Oscar here. I, I like. It's kind of weird because the movie's weird, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as you said, we need, bit, yeah. we need a little bit of different. Yeah, I want to. I want to point out then that the reason why I alluded to Ratatouille is because the the reason why he owns a pig is because he uses the pig to look for troubles because he's a chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah. So and then in the trailer, there's like some backstory about that he yeah. doesn't like the his past life or something. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Sorry, but Yeah, it's really good. All right, Adren, go ahead. Uh, yeah, super recommend Pig. It's it's awesome. Like the premise is so absurd, and of course it starts Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but I guess the the series or movie I'd recommend is um a series that I discovered because it came from the mind of Michael Short, who made Brooklyn Nine Nine and The Good Place. Yeah. His new series is called Rutherford Falls, and it stars Ed Helms, mm. and he's yeah. the showrunner along with Ed Helms and Uh, Native American woman uh, named Sierra Teller or or Arnelas Arnelas. I'm not sure if that's how you could like pronounce it. Arnelas. Arnelas. And the reason why I I say um, I mentioned that she's Native American is because the show is all about um, these two characters, Ed Helms's character and another um, character uh, that that is a Native American woman who are essentially fighting over the land that they live on. They're they're supposedly best friends, and it talks about how like. Basically, how like white people screwed over Native Americans <laughs> and kind of stole their land, and it obviously does in a very comedic Michael Shore way, but it gets very very deep into it. And obviously, you know, I don't think any of us here are Native Americans, but the fact that they talk about land grabbing essentially and the idea of, um, yeah, like this this kind of some more subtle like conquering of of of, <laughs> of, of a minority is is just so interesting to me. And, Um, Ed Helms is, is great in it, even though he's the white guy. Um, I guess if I had to compare it to another uh, Michael Schur show, he plays kind of like the um, 
I almost said Andy Circus. What's his name? Andy uh, in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Andy. Andy, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, not Andy Circus. Andy Samberg in Brooklyn Nine Nine, where he's the male uh, white protagonist, but his entire role is to learn and to kind of realize that he's wrong. Um, it's it's great. yeah, it's just like a it's a it's a fantastic show, and it's it's really like funny and wholesome. Um, even though it, it talks about like heavy topics in, in signature micro show fashion. So and the and the 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 not it's not a song, it's not like an album or anything, but the the thing I want to recommend on the audio side is um there's a podcast called The Friendship Onion, hosted by mm-hmm. Billy Boyd. Um, oh yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah no, Marion yeah, Pippen yeah, essentially from Lord of the Rings. Whoa, um, and Wayne Han, what's his name? Uh what do you call this? Dominic uh, Monahan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dominic cool. Monahan. And Oh. basically they, they they just mess around in the show they kind of just talk about whatever and obviously they talk about Lord of the Rings like 90, 80% of the time at one point they bring on Elijah Wood and they just kind of talk about the series and this awesome. as a, like an avid Lord of the Rings fan it's like a dream come true and they talk a lot about like behind the scenes and things like that uh, and it's, it's, it's really really wonderful to hear about like how the cast really like bonded and how they um, really you know it's it's like I love how and all of the Lord of the Rings guys don't mind being most known for Lord of the Rings and they're like unabashedly proud of it. So if you like Lord of the Rings, if you like just nerdy stuff and to a Scottish guy and a British guy just kind of talking about um, everything under the sun. Uh, if you want to talk about how Dominic Monaghan had a family of rats living in his car or how Billy Boyd <laughs> once had diarrhea in Thailand, it's a French opinion. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. RJ. Ben or RJ, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so my recommendation, um, pop culture stuff I did recently, I am continuing to be late to the party and <laughs> actually getting on to playing all, Halo, all um, every single Halo game uh... after not touching them for any of the last 20 years. I am now realizing the pain of all those people who were teabagged in the mid-2000s. <laughs> um, aside from that... Um, just re- finished my annual annual rewatch of the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, which is still my favorite anime movie of all time. Um, which also deals with time travel. Um, <laughs> Sorry, what's it called? Which, uh, disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. Um, and then <laughs> I also just finished what reading um the last major Marvel crossover we had, which was King and Black which ends with um, Venom killing the dark god of the symbiotes and becoming the new god of the symbiotes after being infused with the powers of Captain Universe. And now what? he has given away his symbiote to his son. <laughs> oh, hey. There's a lot and, of um, events happening and like one go. <laughs> Yeah, um, but aside from that, um, yeah, Marvel's actually been pretty good. Um, aside from that, I guess the other thing I'd recommend is continuing on with um, the X-Men stuff that's, that's been going on. X-Men has been actually continuously been going really good since 2019, so I'm still going to show that for the X-Men comics. Awesome. Okay, uh, Prince. Oh, hi. Perfect, because to end, I have barely consumed any much uh, pop culture. Like, <laughs> Honestly, because like Loki was the only pop culture I consumed lately because most of my weeks, the past few weeks, I was spending all my nights watching the, Euro- the European Championships. All my nights were spent doing that. 
so and but my dad got a VPN for that so that we could watch uh, legally. And because and it he, we enjoyed it so much that he extended it for a whole year, to the point that okay I'm just gonna use the VPN. So now right now I'm watching on Netflix Australia. I'm watching The Office because I've been meaning to watch it for a long time. So I'm oh, finally it's your first time. yeah, it's my first time because I've been Welcome I I've, to the Office Club. <laughs> I've always wanted to watch because I knew I knew it, I knew it was good and I just you know I I really want to watch it but I want to watch it right like in the right way. So yeah, and, and I'm really have I'm I'm in season two and I'm really having a That's lot of fun. That's where it gets good, like, yeah. I'm just I'm just enjoying it, but I guess the only recommendation I can have is the Olympics start on Friday, so let's all support our Filipino athletes and whatever country you're want to be supporting. If your favorite athlete is competing, watch their games because it's in. If it pushes through. <laughs> It's in Tokyo, so basically, it's pretty much the same time as us. So we don't have to sleep late. Yeah, so an hour delay. Good for me. It's good for me as someone who works in the news, and <laughs> I have to watch. I have to watch all the games, and uh, so I'm gonna enjoy a lot. So that for the next two weeks, I will be in sports mode again. So pop culture will have to take a backseat, Muna. But I can't wait to uh, to see what happens in Tokyo and what happens after Tokyo. Yeah. I did not realize the Olympics was this week. Surprise! Uh, <laughs> right. It, it like Black Widow. The Olympics have gone through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Such a waste of a good logo, talaga. Yung 2020 Olympics, na yan. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, All right. Uh, Last but not a recommendation. Space oh. Jam 2 was kind oh, of. Oh yeah, Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> It's a discussion for like after the podcast. <laughs> Love okay. the animation though, but everything else was. It was just an IP showcase. That yep, was literally. But I don't HBO care. Max the movie. LeBron James, I love him so much. As a Hufflepuff. Really. As a Hufflepuff. Oh, the finals! Have. The NBA finals are happening, by the way. <laughs> Oh yeah. That is All I right. need that to finish tomorrow. I need I the Bucks to win. <laughs> oh, Phoenix and Seven. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll Richard, see what happens. You watch basketball. <laughs> we just like end the podcast with us like screaming at each other. <laughs> We there should be like a sports episode of this podcast. Oh, like man. Perns I think would like be the best person to like get. Yeah. Angiti na lang ako the whole time. The space, the space Jam episode. The Space Jam episode. Oh man. <laughs> I only know the Toon Squad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that was a very long episode, but very, very fun. So thank you so much, guys, for joining today. Um, I hope I get to see like the same batch of people or, or more people as we continue on with like more Marvel episodes. In the next five we, Marvel episodes. The next part. <laughs> Depending. Maybe we can like push some together. You never know. But yeah. Um, wala na ako yung spiel, Cholo. You have to take it from here because I don't remember the spiel for the last part anymore. So, again, thank you, Paula, for taking over this Marvel episode. And of course, thank you to everyone for joining in the, our Marvel squad, our Marvel faction, the variants that made it to this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, of course, you can check out all our other Marvel episodes and all our other popcorn episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you see your podcasts. Of course, we're on Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM every week. Thanks to the RK fam. 
And you can go follow us on social media. That's at Popcorn with Cholo, at Popcorn W Cholo on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we will all see you next time, variants, for more popcorn and more pop culture. We will all see you soon. See you soon, sabi nga ni, ano, he who... <laughs> he who remains. remains. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.